Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do once a week, every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern live. And then it's available on YouTube and on Facebook for replay and also on a number of podcast outlets, including Apple and Spotify and others. And it's an opportunity for us to share thoughts and recommendations with you about how to take care of yourself and how to get through the loss of a beloved animal companion. We draw from the decades of experience that we have facilitating pet loss groups for people who have recently lost a pet or have encountered an anniversary or for whatever reason they needed to come and, and be with others who could share this particular experience. And just a lot of deep learning that we got through that experience over many years. And we compiled that knowledge into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And this broadcast is an opportunity to take some of what we've learned and to distribute it to an even broader network of people who may benefit. I'm going to start by talking a little bit about our programs friendship with Dakin Humane Society. So Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Mass. I want to talk a little bit about them and let you know about them if you don't already. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay neuter services, and behavioral rehabilitation for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. A major focus for Dakin is the bond that human beings form with animals. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. If you get a chance to visit them, you will be impressed by the size of their facility and the great breadth of their programs. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org that is D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. So Nancy, want to get us started for this? Yes. So uh, this week we are going to talk about when do you decide or how do you decide that you may need a therapist? Um, we all know that grieving is a very difficult process. It's a very emotional process. You know, in the beginning, it's it's tremendously intense. I mean, denial and shock and guilt and sadness and, and anger and yearning. I mean, there's just so many emotions that are so overwhelming and for people to go through at the loss of their beloved beloved animal. And it does ebb and flow. It, 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 it is really intense in the beginning. It kind of, you know, ebbs and flows as time goes on. Um, however, you know, there could be triggers that will bring on a, another intense, you know, um, episode, and a holiday, a birthday, you know, a song, you know. So it, with that in mind, if someone needed a therapist or wanted to go to a therapist to talk to about this, that would be fine, you know, at the beginning or all the way through. However, what may happen over a period of time is that maybe your depression is worse 
maybe you're having panic attacks. Maybe you have unrelenting anger, you know, anger outbursts. Maybe you really still cannot sleep or eat. Maybe you have trouble getting through the day. Maybe you can't stop crying. Maybe you feel your life is meaningless. It's so many things that may bring, you know, you to decide how can I go on? Maybe I do need to talk to somebody. So, you know, there's a lot of other things I think can that, you know, that also go on. I mean, physical problems. I mean, there's so many different things. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we tend to expect that many people will not need to see mm -hmm. a therapist. They're able to keep going with the daily activities that are part of their life. They're able to get themselves up and showered and ready to go with their day. And they're ready, able to take care of things like making sure that they get enough to eat and that any dependents who rely upon them are cared for children or elders. Most people when they're grieving are able to do the basics. They may go to work. They may take a little bit of time off from work. They may go to whatever activities fulfill mm -hmm. them and that they participate in regularly. And it may be very difficult and they may be dragging and they may at times have those extraordinary outbursts of sadness mm -hmm. or despair or anger that we all have when we're grieving, but they're able to, to keep going. And so that's often the case. But as you said, it doesn't hurt to get help if you feel like it would be beneficial for you. It, it can't hurt, it can only help. And as long as you get a therapist who knows this terrain, yeah. who knows about and feels comfortable working with people who are grieving and even more specifically who are grieving the loss of a pet because not all of them do. But one of the things that I think is important to say to people is, look, when you're in pain, you deserve help. Just like if you had an entirely physical problem and your grief, as you've said, Nancy, may have physical components. Exactly. What we would think of as physical components, the, the impossibility of getting, getting a normal sleep at night and really hard time eating and, and keeping your food down, even having back aches and headaches. You may have those kinds of physical symptoms. I and mean, I tend to think of physical and emotional as all kind of wound up together because that distinction is really not as clear, I think, in reality as we make it seem in, in the ways that we distinguish between the physical and the emotional and the spiritual and all that. But you deserve help for whatever human problem you may have, right? So exactly. you may, you, if you have a technical problem, you see the right kind of technician. You see a plumber if you need that. You see somebody who can help you with your computer if you can't figure things out, which is so often the case for me. You, you, know, you get the help that you need. And when you're in extraordinary emotional pain, you deserve to get that kind of help that's available from a therapist. And it's interesting because even in a, the initial stages, this is a, a lot of times a disenfranchised grief because yes. people don't understand it. You know, we've talked a lot about this on the show, you know, that 
that you you may not get a lot of support. You may be nervous about talking about it. You may yep. not have a family around you that supports you. And even down the road, when you're still grieving, people say, "Well, why are you still grieving?" You know. Yep. And yep. so at, at that point, therapy can also help. You know. Um, However, then we go into maybe, you know, so many months later, you know, six months later into that, into Wolliger, that if the person is still, you know, in, in these unrelenting depression or anger right. or, or frustration and can't take care of themselves and are using more substances and, and you know, are avoiding people and, 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 and not talking to others and, and sleeping too much or very irritable. And even to the point of maybe, I mean, if you start to hear voices or you start to have suicidal thoughts, yeah. then that really is, or people are saying to you, you really need some help, then that's really the key to, to access it at that point. I think that so many of those points are, are crucial. And one of them that you said, I think it really stands out. And that is that if the people around you who you know in general have your best interests at heart and they know you well and they care about you and you respect their opinion if they say to you i'm concerned mm -hmm. i feel like you could benefit from some professional help very important to heed that even though you may feel like i don't want to do that or i don't want to be that vulnerable with a professional or you know i don't i too many people still consider this to be stigmatized seeing a therapist or, or feel like it makes them out to be weak, which of course it doesn't. Asking for an accepting help is one of the most strong things a person can do. So certainly if somebody else who cares about you says, I think maybe you should talk with somebody, a professional a counselor or a, a clinical nurse specialist, a clinical social worker, a psychologist, whoever, as long as they know about this issue and are able to help with it, why not? And if you're that helping person, you might say, I'm willing to go with you mm -hmm. for the meeting and and you know be a support for you. You're probably gonna get there and they're gonna wanna meet with that person individually, but that's always something you can do too, or you can help them look for the professional who they're gonna see by looking online or talking to their physician, talking to their health insurance, looking at their network. You know, the other thing that, that there are certain, you know, I have, um, you know, a client's family of mine, but um, certain professions don't lead to even accessing, even maybe a group to talk about their grief or an individual therapist because police, I'm thinking of or firemen, or, you know, there are certain professions, especially that are even helping profession, professionals that don't feel that they can go and really talk about this. And male gender too, we've talked a lot about yeah. this in, in here, you know, that they don't, if I, if I go to, I can't talk, go talk to a therapist, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. And in that case, you know, I was just thinking there are other, other resources like books, I mean, of course, our book right. is one, but there are multiple books, yep. you know, on pet loss. Some are more spiritual, some are more clinical. Some have a religious well, meaning right. of one sort or another. Right. And you have a whole social, you know, website network. I mean, yep. there are a lot of 
of, of websites, and I'm going to give a few at the end that you can go on to and, and really feel better that you're looking at something so you can kind of work that out yourself without having to feel so weak and vulnerable to go somewhere to talk. But, but I'm going to say also that if you are one of those professions, if you're, if you're in one of those professions, if you're a police officer or fire, fire men or fire woman, I'm not sure right, what the right term may be for that. If you are, if you are one of the helping, one of the medical professionals, a physician, a, a nurse, a therapist. I mean, as a therapist, I know it's it's important for us to seek therapy when we need help. So hopefully, right. if you're if you're a therapist yourself, you're willing to to get some help. But but it's so important, I think, to allow yourself that no matter what your profession may be, because you deserve help. You deserve support. Yeah. Every human being does. We're, we have times in our lives that are very difficult for us to manage emotionally, and we deserve to get support. So maybe it'll be a time to try it out and mm -hmm. to, to take the risk of being vulnerable in a way that I actually see as being a great strength. Oh, be I know. Vulnerable when you need help. I agree. I think it has takes much more strength to reach out for help. And the, and when you repress all of that and you don't work it through, it's it's emotionally and, and physically, you know, problematic. You know. Exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And isolating. You feel yes. like you can't oftentimes people will isolate even from others who are close to them because they can't even be vulnerable with those who they have a pretty good connection with. Maybe we should talk a little bit about choosing a therapist and some some caveats because we both know that like in all professions there's the good the bad and that i cannot freaking believe that <laughs> yes yes that's true <laughs> um, <laughs> you know i i think the first off um if possible and because there there are people who do um, therapy and counseling that have a specialty in companion mm -hmm. animal loss. You know, mm -hmm. there are people out there. There is another group that do have an expertise in bereavement and, and grief. Okay. Now, if you can't find someone with companion animal loss, I would say the next step would be someone who's a grief counselor. However, I have had experiences where um, people have come to me and had seen a grief counselor and did not feel that they were really, that that person was really understanding their particular loss, their animal loss. Right. So, um, but, you know, it is important if you can to reach out to, um, you know, someone who, or try to find someone who does companion animal loss because, you know, we are the people that have spent a lot of time working with people, with those who are trying to work yeah, I, through their, their pain and, and loss. And I, I think it's a good idea. Tell me what you think about this, but I think it's a good idea to schedule an appointment with a counselor, therapist, psychologist who you have learned does have a specialty in bereavement. Or it's one of their specialties. And have, a, have what you consider to be an interview Yes. With them, Absolutely. interview them and, and ask them either face to face or perhaps 
still on the phone or Zoom, given the, the situation with the pandemic, ask them some questions about how what their experience has been helping people who've had a loss similar to yours. How many people of this sort, about how many people of this sort have they helped? What are what are some of the techniques that they use? Exactly. What is their style? You know, those kind because because you one of the things I think too many people do, maybe not so much anymore, but they defer to therapists too much. Just like we tend to defer too much to physicians. Right. And and people who are leaders in faith communities. And the way that I think about it is you're the customer and you That's should right. have the opportunity to interview a person. Certainly you're going to pay them for their time, but you can say to them, I'm, I'm, I'm in a deciding phase and maybe interview two people at least and then decide who you're going to continue with. What do you think of that? I think that that's a great idea because you really want to get a sense, you know, you really want to talk to them or see them, you know, because you want to get a sense of how they work with you or you work with them. Um, Are they kind? Are they listening? Are they interested? Or they um, do they have a knowledge, you know, of what you may be going through? Um, how, how I mean, how comfortable do you feel with this person? Because um, they have, you know, all therapists are different, you know, and they may be very good at what they do, but if, if personalities don't mix, then you know, it's not going to be really helpful. Yeah, and so, uh, so you, you you deserve to to see how you feel in the relationship that you're initiating with them. We know that really the most healing aspect of a therapeutic connection is the feeling you have in the relationship with them, right? I mean, there's a lot of research done on this that therapists have different modalities, different techniques that they operate from, kind of foundations of theory that they operate from. But the research shows that it's about the connection that you as a client feel with them and whether or not you feel understood, whether or not you feel like they're they're actually in your corner and they're telling you, they're giving you some guidance that actually helps you progress, helps you to feel better. Yeah, you you, you want a therapist that really can be in, in that your shoes which is empathy. You know, mm-hmm. they need to have some empathy, but they also need to have some knowledge. So mm-hmm. if it's a particular, you know, companion animal loss, then, you know, that helps when there's empathy with that. Um, so, but empathy is the key, you know, that you want to know that that therapist really understands is in where you are. Mm-hmm. You get that. Um, really compassionate presence with you and and doesn't in any way diminish the experience that you're sharing with them, which is one of the things we've heard when people see a therapist that too often, it's almost like the therapist wants to talk about something other than what the client is bringing, or in some way or other tells them that they all snap out of it and move on because it shouldn't be this significant in their life. We've heard that too many times actually. Yeah, I was. We were talking before the episode, and I had someone reach out to me from California, actually, and she said that um, she had gone to some grief therapy, but 
she really wasn't was upset. She really wasn't. She didn't feel that the woman was really with her, and、mm-hmm. the woman was giving her a lot of advice about what to do, but really didn't get where the feelings that she had at the loss. Of, she had two dogs. She lost. So she she said, "I I can't do this," and she happened to find me, and we did work together. It's another so, important point. What you're mentioning is if you see a therapist for a couple sessions. Maybe more than that, and you feel like you're not getting anything from the connection. Really important to to just end it.、Yeah. It's it's so key to keep in mind that you are the customer, you are the client, and you should feel like the attention is all on you, all on your situation, all on your feelings, all on how to help you. To move forward through your grief in a way that's healing, if that doesn't feel like it's happening, then you don't need to keep seeing that particular person. And right, exactly.、Um, and the, and the, and this world, you know, post well, it's not really post COVID. You know, a lot of people can access people all over the country or all over the world. I mean, you know that. That's fine, even though it wouldn't be in person per se, but it could be virtual. It could be on Zoom, or it could be on some、yep. other platform. So、yep. that you know, especially I'm like I'm thinking of people in rural areas. I'm thinking of people that you know can't access. You know,、uh, you know they don't have a lot of well, they don't have a lot of Wi-Fi. That would be a problem. But you know, they 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 don't have a lot of、uh, supports or resources in their area that、mm-hmm. they can reach out to do that. Now there's some interesting. There is a Um, a company called Vetvine, and they do have support groups online. That's all they do is online. Wow! And、um, and it's a it's a virtual group only. They have about five or six, seven maybe、uh, therapists that I guess rotate. So、um, it's www.vetvine.vetvine.com.、Um, I don't know when those groups happen, but there are quite a few people that、um, that are. Manager, you know, lead the group.、Um, so, I mean, that's one option.、Um, there is the www.petloss.com,、um, www.aplb.org, www.pet-loss.net, and www.rainbowsbridge.com. So, yeah, these, I'll, I'll put these on the description. Oh yeah, good. After our description. Because they、episode. they will they list they're like a clearinghouse so you know you can go on or there's chat rooms and and there's also、um, you know you can you can post pictures of your animals that have died and they have、um, like a, like candlelight services、um, I do think that they have maybe you can talk to someone individually、um, but they also give you resources you know where people are in what states. That are companion animal loss people,、um, where groups are,、um, so so those are some resources for people that, that can reach out. And and as you're talking, one of the things I'm thinking is when it when we're when we're grieving, one of the best modalities is some kind of group as、yeah. opposed to individual one on one. People's sensibilities differ, and sometimes they're going to prefer being with one therapist. But groups tend to be, and that's why we did those groups for all that time. Because groups, when it comes to grieving, have a special kind of power.
in that you're with people who are able to identify in a very deep way. And they're also at different stages in their own healing. And that can be support, that can offer a kind of support and inspiration right. and hopefulness that is unique. That you will the get experience. Through. Yeah. Right. And that's and so, right. There's a whole range of people in different stages. So that really works. It's it's just an important thing to consider. And again, there are some, some people, their temperament is such, they just don't feel like that fits. But if you try it, you may be surprised. And yeah, we, we say that, I think, you know, when people will call and say, you know, come to the group once and see how you feel. Yeah. And if you would like to pursue individual, that would be fine. Right, right. And you don't have to even say anything if you don't want to. Exactly. You're probably going to be prompted. You're probably going to be invited to speak, but there's also probably going to be no pressure at all because I oftentimes... In those meetings, there are lots of people who want to speak, and there are some people who really just want to listen and, and be present for that meeting. It's, it's interesting. I had more people, actually, that said they didn't want to talk initially, talk by the end. Yeah. Because they heard everyone else's story. Yep. And then everyone else is like, we're here for you. And so they were able to help. <laughs> I mean, it happened a few yeah. times that people did not speak at all, which was fine. Yeah. But you know, but that's the beauty of the support group, right? Yep. And, and I also just want to emphasize this one other point that you talk about when the, when the extremes happen, and that is that sometimes people feel suicidal yes. when their pet dies. It is not terribly uncommon. And right. it's, it's really important that you get to, in that case, it is important for you to get to a therapist who right. you can talk to in depth about what's going on and how to keep you safe. Exactly. And, and so that's not the kind of thing that a group is going to be able to help you manage entirely. They may, they may be an auxiliary support and they may be part of your support, but that's the kind of thing where that needs you just to really deserve to see somebody and go, deep into what's going on and how to keep you safe, what kind of plan, what kind of supports, what kind of activities can, and perhaps what kind of medication eval can lead to the kinds of support and assistance that will absolutely keep you safe through that kind of an extraordinary challenge. And if the person has um, emotional or mental Ill, you know, issues to begin with. Right. So, you know, I mean, one of these was hearing voices. I mean, if there's some people can become a little psychotic. Right. And so that's also, you know, necessary to, to get help for. And just, and just to explain that psychotic means that you're having some kind of experience that is outside what other people would consensually experience. So you are hearing things that if I was present, I wouldn't be hearing. Here. You're seeing things, you're feeling things. And yeah, when we're grieving and, and if we have a mental illness, we, if we live with a mental illness, we may very well have those kinds of symptoms as part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really goes to the fact to take 
as we've said all along, take care of yourself the best way you can. Yeah. If, you, if you want to go to therapy, go to therapy. It's okay. Yeah. The help you need. Get counseling. Yeah. It's, it really is helpful. Um, I know it's a little bit of a process to find the right person That's or find the group, can be true. But, but it really is helpful in the long run. And you deserve it. Yeah. It's so important. You deserve all the support that will keep you at your best. We all do. And if you feel reticent or, or some degree of stigma or even shame in that, I would advise you to talk yourself to argue that out of yourself <laughs> because yeah, yeah. life is complicated. Loss is incredibly painful for many of us and we deserve all the supports that are available and we shouldn't deny ourselves them. There's nothing to be gained in denying ourselves the kinds of supports that would actually quite possibly be very helpful. And if they're not helpful, then you, you, you don't, continue you don't continue right. with that you don't have to continue therapist. with that you don't feel is helping you yeah right. yeah that's right or do so, a different group sometimes that happens too the groups, sometimes groups, are, are groups are great but really helpful for this this kind and, and actually it's groups are helpful for all kinds of human challenges but but there's a special power in a group when it comes to helping helping us get through loss so Nancy, another great conversation very nice of course talking with you as always yes and uh I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation next week. Yes. Take care, everyone. Take care.